0: Talk Property with Ian Collins.
1: Hello and welcome to Talk Property, the UK's number one property podcast. Coming up on today's episode.
2: Regulating of all landlords. I can't see that being a bad thing because it would actually drive out bad landlords. And this. It's going to be a very turbulent time that all landlords and anybody working in the sector are going to have to, you know, face. Coming down the track, really. Yeah,
1: all of that and more on the way.
2: Talk property with Ian Collins. Brought to you by Property Notify, the UK's leading source of property sector news.
0: Are you a landlord, investor, or thinking about getting into property? If so, then the National Landlord Investment Show is perfect for you. Attend our free one day events across the UK and immerse yourself in an environment rich in property-based information, services, and opportunities to grow your portfolio. Whether you're interested in landlord tax advice, finance, legal issues, insurance, investment opportunities, or the latest prop tech, you'll find everything you could ever need at our shows. For more information and to register for your free show tickets, visit LandlordInvestmentShow.co.uk. National Landlord Investment Show the UK's number one landlord and property investment exhibition.
1: Uh, Let's meet our guest for this episode. Maxine Fothergill is the Managing Director of AMAX Estates. The company has been trading for over 20 years and one of the country's leading names in lettings, sales and block management. Maxine, hello to you.
2: Hello, Ian.
1: Nice to have you with us. Um, There's a lot to talk about here. The property market, do you remember when it used to just make the property pages in newspapers and now it makes the front pages in newspapers?
2: Yes, it certainly does. Life has changed a lot in the uh, past 21 years since I've been running my business.
1: Yeah, and I guess in the last you know few years, where we've seen all sorts of things happen with inflation and interest rates and new rules and regulations lurking around the corner, etc., we'll come on to those. That that's again given it a new resonance once more.
2: It has, and there's plenty, as you know, coming down the track with the renters' reform max. So yeah. uh, it's a pretty turbulent time, really, for anybody that's working in property.
1: What, just tell us a bit more about the renters reform bill, because is this definitely happening? Is it possibly happening? What, what's the deal? Or, and is it sort of open to a ton of amendments that might change all those scary headlines? Because there's a lot of you know investors and landlords out there at the moment that are hearing some of these headlines thinking it's not going to be worth me even doing this.
2: It's a really interesting question, actually, and um, something. Uh, I, I'm a trainer as well for landlords and for agents. The amount of times I go out and do training and new landlords or potential new landlords come along to the training and <laughs> they almost say to me at the end, you've put me right off. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to do so, but at the moment we've got 170 parts of legislation and beneath it six 400 parts of regulation. Now, this new bill that potentially is coming our way is going to be the biggest change that we have actually seen in over 30 years. Now, you said, is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? Well, I think it will happen, to be totally honest with you. But I think it's going to be dependent on what political party as well. You know, things can change. As we know, we're going to be coming up for a general election in 2025, Uh, maybe late 2024 and whatever is actually introduced it is going to end up with a ton of amendments you know you can almost guarantee that
1: and this is everything from pet ownership Mm. section 21 energy ratings there's all manner of things possibly in this
2: there is that there is so many changes um and this of course won't be uh, getting rid of the old legislation this will be further legislation actually imposed on already legislation yeah. um but with changing names and changing section notices so uh, it's going to be a very turbulent time that all landlords and anybody working in the sector are going to have to you know face coming down the track really
1: And I I think what surprised a lot of people is that, uh, I mean, it may fall to the next government to implement whatever is is in all of this, uh, etc. But what I think surprised a lot of people, Maxine, is that this has happened under a conservative government who Mm -hmm. are supposed to be the the government of business, understanding, the small businessman or woman. Uh, having a a sympathy with, you know, bureaucracy and wanting to cut red tape. And yet here we have this massive bill that couldn't be more the antithesis of all of that.
2: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. The Conservatives uh, that we knew with a a big C have disappeared. And I think we've got more of a, a liberal government. That uh, we're, have actually produced this, and, and even you know, going more to the left side of uh, of the political spectrum, yeah, yeah. the amount of regulation nobody would ever expect this government to have actually imposed this, but it has been imposed, and we have had a lot of regulation already. You know, for my training, I've been a trainer now for 19 years for the uh, London Landlord Accreditation Scheme. Uh In that time, I've trained over 5,000 landlords. We started off with the 1985 Landlord and Tenant Act, and the training was a seven-hour training course. It's still a seven-hour training course, but we've had to literally condense it down because there's been so many other acts that's already been put in place that... Even the lunch time is down to 30 minutes and the breaks are down to five, yeah, yeah. so that we can try and fit everything in.
1: And I mean, this happens, you know, to lots of government, whether it's local government, national government decisions. You find yourself Looking at these headlines, and you think, who did they speak to when they drafted this? Who were the? Where did they get their advice? Because presumably there's a you know a whole crock of you know reasonably paid, sometimes handsomely paid civil servants who are charged. Somebody comes up with the idea we need a new renters bill. So, firstly, who was that person that first came up with that? And then somebody is charged with implementing it. Well, they can't kind have of talked to many landlords because I've not met a landlord yet that has said this is a cracking idea.
2: No, you're right. And the problem is with any government group, it's actually run not by the minister, but normally by the senior civil servants. Of course. And it's quite shocking that the team normally consists of about three people that make these rules and regulations.
1: That's the astonishing bit, isn't it? Somebody, where did they get the... The idea that they need it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with revisiting rules and saying that this needs updating. It's 21st century. We haven't looked at that since 1963 or whatever. You know, We all get that. But when you come up with something that's an industrial scale reformation of something that is going to have a massive effect on businesses and livelihoods up and down the country, literally thousands of people uh, affected by this, you kind of wonder where the initial kernel of an idea came from. Because you never find that person, Maxine. <laughs>
2: No, you wouldn't.
1: Where because are? Because what happens?
2: <laughs> <somebody>. <laughs> it's interesting. What normally happens is that they they bring these these things in, uh, and they drop the bomb, and then guess what? They get moved on elsewhere.
0: Yeah.
2: And then it then ends up with secondary legislation trying to sort out the mess that they've actually created, and very often judicial reviews. And this is the worry, you know it. And I am extremely worried because I I have an awful fear that certain parts of this regulation are going to be imposed and pushed through without real thought and consideration of what could be the backlash at the end of it. Yeah. For, for example, there's Section 21. Now, that was a government manifesto. It was um, you know, announced in the Queen's speech. It's been something that is actually supported by every political party. And I think that this government, because it is also part of their man- manifesto, is going to want to make sure that this gets pushed through come hell or high water but maybe not without actually thinking through the consequences.
1: Just explain for those, any, anybody who might have stumbled across this podcast, Maxine, explain mm. what that is and what the implications are.
2: A Section 21 notice is actually a no-fault notice, or, or that's how many people explain it. What it basically means is a, a Section 21 is a notice that the landlord doesn't have to explain why they want their property back. They they just send out a notice and um, it means no fault on the tenant's behalf, but it actually means that the, the landlord is requesting that the tenants vacate within a two-month period. So it is always a full two-month periods. Now, for the tenant pressure groups, they've argued against Section 21 for many years, saying that it's left a detrimental effect on tenants' well-being. With the Renters' Reform Bill, it's expected that these proposals are definitely going to be pushed within the bill. And this is one of the things, like I've just mentioned, it's within the government manifesto. So I can see if nothing else, this one will get pushed through, and I think we're likely to see it very, very soon.
1: Yeah, uh, and again, pressure—you say pressure from tenants' groups. One of the the, the biggest problems uh, when I was uh, hosting at the landlord investment show uh, a few weeks ago, the thing that came up time and time again was the kind of popular urban myth, and you'll you'll get this straight away, Maxine, that you know landlords are these kind of pirates of the business world every single one of them is a multi-millionaire who lives in a hammock in Barbados and is just like you know renting out a place that doesn't have a roof on it or windows and couldn't care less and all the rest of it now of course we know there are rogue landlords out there very much the exception rather than the rule but that urban myth has been allowed to snake its way around the place and my sense is much of this renters reform bill has come around because people in high places have believed some of that nonsense.
2: Well, it's really interesting because most of the ministers are actually landlords as well,
0: Well, including
2: Mr Gove and his parents. So it does sort of make you wonder you know, why they're actually pushing for this unless they really don't actually understand what they're doing and yeah. they're, they're relying on their uh, senior civil servants to actually push this through because they feel it's going to be popular with the tenant pressure groups. I do not know, but it, but it is a big concern. Factually, the private sector, actually, the private rented sector is the better sector. It's actually most... Tenants would prefer to live in the private rented sector than they would in the public sector. We actually have far better uh, ratings. Landlords are far more receptive. Generally, you know, most landlords really do look after their tenants. There are rogue landlords out there. We know that. But then, if the government was to actually be minded to bring in regulation of the bad people, um, which I don't see a problem with that. You know, regulating of all landlords, I I can't see that being a bad thing because it would actually drive out bad landlords. That's true. Um, And I don't see a problem with that. I would also like to see the government introduce regulation of agents because, you know, agents play a big part in this. And um, how can I
1: think you've raised the question, sorry to interject, Max, but you've raised the Mm. question of you. How can you you attempt or purport to want to regulate the landlords, but not regulate the industry that regulate the landlords, as it were?
2: It's crazy. It's absolute madness. You know, it's that all landlords on, on this renters reform bill will need to be regulated. They'll need to actually register every one of their properties. They'll need to belong to a property ombudsman. But agents seem to have been taken out of the frame where agents pay a very large part. Yeah, of course. I mean, even in Wales, you've only got to look at what's happened recently in Rent Smart Wales. Most of the landlords have actually realised the amount of regulation that they're going to have to actually adhere to. And they've been going back to their agents because they don't want to actually have to deal with all of the regulation. It's still their responsibility, but they prefer to use a proper qualified regulated yeah. agent. And in Wales, they actually made sure that every agent had to be licensed before they could actually be part of Rent Smart Wales. So
1: why didn't they take a leaf out of that book then, if that, that makes more sense?
2: I wish they would. I know it's ongoing talks at the moment, but... You know, i am not been party to the talks, but from all of the information which actually comes down through the industry, mm. it it seems that uh, it, it's very much open. Uh, well, it seems a lot of things are still up in the air. I mean, one of the things which which is very much up in the air is is periodic tenancies. So first of all, through the renter's reform, the government in their ultimate wisdom decided that every tenancy shouldn't be a fixed tenancy anymore, but every tenancy must be a periodic tenancy from day one. So basically, no more fixed term. A tenant can move into a property, they'll be straight away on a periodic tenancy. If a couple of months down the line, they decide that they don't really like the property anymore, they want to move out, then they can do so. No problem at all.
1: See, that is just, well, it's just bloody stupid, right? For everybody's... Nobody would run a business on that. You couldn't even do that with your mobile phone contract. You know, that's just something you've got to... There's got to be something in there, surely, that protects the landlord in that respect.
2: Well, this came out initially through in in June last year for the Renters' Reform white paper. Um, However... Government have actually now got a a cross-party group that's looking at this and they've realised, actually, that's probably not going to really work um, because there's so many different sectors, so many different facets to it. One of the facets is student accommodation. You know, for any landlord who who actually accommodates students, they work a year in advance. Yeah, of course. They normally are well and truly booked up. They know exactly what their business model is going to be. And so do the tenants. The tenants have got that real security of tenure, knowing that that property is going to be ready for them when they're going to start their uni. And then all of a sudden, this is all thrown in the air. What happens when the tenant then suddenly only goes to university through term time and then they're off? You know, they, they they normally take their breaks, but they keep their their tendencies of course going. They do. It's suddenly periodic. Oh there's a problem so the government have suddenly now realized oh that could be a problem we might need to do an exemption on that
1: oh my goodness so- Well, i mean the stupidity of that <laughs> policy is you can almost imagine the next rule is yeah they can leave but they you, you're not allowed to rent out the room while yes. they're away you've got to keep yeah. it for them and the fact yes. you don't get paid is just your own tough luck and you know what i find weird about all of this is that the the, the private rental sector in this respect maxine is kind of saving the government a lot of hassle at the moment isn't it because there is a massive property shortage. If every single landlord, private landlord in this country, packed up and went home, then the government would have a massive problem on its hand.
2: They would. A massive problem. And the government actually created it in the first place that the buy to rent sector was really the government trying to actually deal with the housing shortage from selling all of the uh, council properties many years ago, not investing the money back um, into affordable accommodation and relying on the private sector coming in and actually investing really back in the late 90s. And yeah. so we've had 25 years, I mean, I started then in the late 90s, and we've had 25 years where government has actively encouraged landlords to to go to start investing, to, to you know, save them from actually having to, having to rebuild and, and to, you know, reverse all the changes that were actually made through the Maggie Thatcher years. And um, now they actually don't like it anymore because they can't control the private sector. It's got so big. It's a huge, great big animal and they can't control one single landlord. And so regulation is one way that they actually feel that they can control and and to send people packing their bags. I mean, the section 24, you know, the tax changes that was implemented by George Osborne, um, which was fully implemented back in 2019, That has created a huge problem for so many landlords where they were able to claim 100% tax relief. Now it's just purely at tax relief at 20%. And so if a landlord is highly geared up or was highly geared up, they'd actually be playing the privilege of having a tenant living in their properties. And the only thing that they could actually look forward to in the future will be the uh, gain of the uh, investment of property but nothing else. So, you know, it's many landlords have had to change the whole way that they invest, starting companies and, and, you know, not being buy-to-let landlords anymore in the conventional sense because of all these, these tax changes. It has been a huge problem. And, you know, my own agency and, and certainly friends of mine, I've seen many people exit the market since 2019. One, because they their properties have gone up and it's been really worth their while. And two, you know, it's like they, they don't want to stay here anymore. They don't want to be no, I
1: mean, that's, that's the, the potential danger, surely, for the government yes. is that, that too many landlords say, I just can't do this anymore. You know, I've got this regulation, that regulation. I have to heat my house now with a chihuahua in a hamster wheel or something. You know, that's the only way you're allowed to do it in the 21st. All of these kind of new rules that are coming in, if landlords significantly start to leave the the industry, and many already have as you just said, if that happens in a, a significant fashion then that will cause the government a problem of course.
2: I think it will I can definitely see that there is going to be more people. Although, saying that, you know, for every bo- one that goes, there will be another landlord that will actually come in and, and set, set up in a different vehicle, as in a company, um, and it will be worth them actually remaining. I, I guess the government are kind of like looking at that and they're hoping that that will happen. They've also, we've got the uh, built to rent schemes, but that is a good 10, 15 years away. Yeah,
1: it's down from, the tracks, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's such a long way away that it, it doesn't actually deal with the short-term problem now of this massive housing shortage that we are facing on a day-to-day basis. I mean, in my own agency, for every property that we're actually putting out for rent, we are getting inundated with inquiries and generally, it's the first person who actually sees the property will take it because sure. they're so worried that they might not be able to find another property. We have nothing to rent at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we have nothing to rent because as soon as they come on, they are out of the door yep. almost instantaneously, as soon as we start the marketing on them.
1: Yeah. I was talking to someone ago who was saying that where, where he is in he, – he rents out a property in North London – he said, in the street that he's in, the minute anybody either paints a window or looks as if they're doing a bit of DIY on a front door, cars pull up and say, Are you renting this place? Are you selling it's that much of a a, a need for property in that area. Yeah. That people are driving around looking for clues as to whether someone is about to rent out a room.
2: I, I can well believe that. I've never known it like this, as I say, I've been in the industry for the past 25 years and I've never known it to be so, you know, this huge lack of stock.
1: Yeah, and which makes it even stranger that they're putting in more bureaucracy when they should be assisting in some respects. And I know, I assume what they're trying to do, they, their answer would be, well, yes, but because we are utilising the private sector more, we need to make sure it's fully regulated like anything else. Well, it is already regulated, but of course, by adding all of this bureaucracy to it now, just seems like such shocking timing for most people.
2: Yeah, it it really does. It, it's, I think we've we've just gone through since December twenty one. We have gone through eleven increases in mortgage rates. It's wow. at an all time high at the moment from how it was yep. for the past few years and. Many landlords, I mean, I, I go back a long way, you know, I remember my, my first mortgage and, uh, you know, rates being at 15%. So it, I know what it's like, but many landlords don't. And especially if they've, they entered the sector um, in the last sort of five, six years, then they would never have actually felt this, this squeeze.
1: Absolutely Right. Absolutely and you know right. of course
2: they've they've been used to having these really low mortgage rates between sort of like one and a half, two, three percent, and all of a sudden, the <whistles> percentages yeah they have yeah. they have gone sky high. I mean, if you've gone out of your deals, you can pretty much look at around sort of five, six percent, which is huge when you've been used to paying next to nothing.
1: And that's before you bought your chihuahua and your big hamster wheel for the, exactly.
2: uh, for the, for the yep. new
1: ACME <laughs> heating system that's coming in, <laughs> whatever that happens yes. to be. Um, yep. Listen, Maxine, it's been brilliant speaking on this, and I'm sure we will, we will definitely speak again because there's so much to be said on this. And this, of course, is work in progress. And let's keep updated on all of that. Just remind everybody where they can find more about your company, your website, etc.
2: My uh, company is AMAX Estates and Property Services. We are based in Gravesend, and you can find us on www.amaxestates.com.
1: Superb. Maxine, we'll speak soon.
2: Thank you. Lovely speaking to you, Ian.
1: Maxine Fothergill with us here on the programme, Managing Director of AMAX Estates. Stand by for the next episode coming soon.
2: Talk Property with Ian Collins. Brought to you by Property Notify, the UK's leading source of property sector news.
0: Are you a landlord, investor or thinking about getting into property? If so, then the National Landlord Investment Show is perfect for you. Attend our free one-day events across the UK and immerse yourself in an environment rich in property-based information, services and opportunities to grow your portfolio. Whether you're interested in landlord tax advice, finance, legal issues, insurance, investment opportunities, or the latest prop tech, you'll find everything you could ever need at our shows. For more information and to register for your free show tickets, visit LandlordInvestmentShow.co.uk. National Landlord Investment Show. The UK's number one landlord and property investment exhibition.